On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Hertz makes the boldest move the rental car industry has seen in years by ordering 100,000 Tesla Model 3s. Plus, not one, but three new paint colors emerge for Giga Berlin. Model 3 is taking over all of Europe and more. What's happening, friends? Alongside a walked, fed, and happy Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast host for episode 326 on Halloween, October 31st, 2021. Happy Halloween, if you happen to be listening on the show that the day is released. Hope you have a good day with your family or your friends, whatever you might be up to, for this unofficial kickoff of the holiday season. Yes, Q4 is upon us. The end of the year is here. Well, the end of the year is going extremely well for Tesla. This made such massive news that you may have heard about this already, but I've got a lot of thoughts. This is the big story of the week, which you probably already knew going in uh, just by virtue of how massive this news is. And that is Hertz Rental Cars has ordered 100,000 Tesla Model 3s. Bloomberg was the first to break the story, and they note that the cars will be delivered over the next 14 months, meaning between now and the end of 2022. Model 3 sedans will be available to rent at Hertz locations in major U.S. markets and parts of Europe starting in early November, right now. The cars will also have access to the supercharger network, and Hertz says they'll build their own network too. Now, uh, I presume their own network probably means Tesla destination chargers at Hertz locations. And remember, not every car rental, not every Hertz location is at an airport. They're almost always scattered around town as well. So they are here and there. They're not just like in one spot in town. You know, it's, it's, I just figure Tesla is probably not going to be installing superchargers at Hertz locations. I mean, it's not out of the question. Tesla does that at service centers, but I doubt they're going to do that for Hertz. But you never quite know, but I, I really don't think so. And Hertz CEO, uh, their, their CEO, their name is Mark Fields. He commented on this saying, how do we democratize access to electric vehicles? That's a very important part of our strategy Tesla is the only manufacturer that can produce EVs at scale, end quote. A very key and very true statement right there. If he wanted to order 100,000 of, say, the Ford Mustang Mach-E or the Volkswagen ID4, those companies would not be able to deliver, not within a year, uh, and probably it might take them, gosh, two or three years to do that at their current pace. So Tesla with a key manufacturing advantage, that's something you've heard Elon talk a lot about over the past, I don't know, six months, a year, and, and certainly recently he's mentioned that. He has said that he believes manufacturing will be Tesla's, one of Tesla's greatest advantages moving forward. And when it comes to the EV space and it comes to battery supply, which is also a key component of that, he is absolutely correct. Now, I guarantee 
that these cars will be standard range plus LFP battery chemistry cars, not only for cost reasons, because the deal was reported to be $4.2 billion, which if you do the math on that, that works out to, yes, $42,000 per car, which is exactly the base price of the standard range plus model three. But also the LFPs make sense in that standard range plus because those batteries can be charged to 100% all the time without any concern and better yet, they suffer almost zero degradation. So that means rental customers, you know, car rental customers, and, and we've all been that person. I'm not casting any stones here. Car rental customers, you know, people aren't known for treating uh, rental cars delicately. They are known for, for uh, you know, just using them and, and sometimes abusing them. But in this case, these folks will be able to do that without doing harm to the battery pack because of the LFP. Now, we also can gather from the reported $4.2 billion cost of the deal that these cars will almost all certainly be white exterior, black interior cars with 18-inch wheels, which is, of course, the basic configuration. But hey, that'll work just fine. And by the way, the 253 miles of range that the LFP battery offers, that's a lot particularly when you can charge it to 100% of that every single time. Now, Hertz has been gaining massive attention about this for this past week, and they've already rolled out a big-time TV commercial about this with Model 3s in it and with Tom Brady. So that is, you know, that that's not pocket change that they're spending on this ad campaign. They are getting the word out, which is awesome to see. Now, what does that mean for the Tesla community. Well, if you are looking to order a Model 3, you should expect wait times for Model 3 orders to certainly go up, even with this 100,000 car order spread out over the course of the next four quarters, the next year. It's still gonna take some time to get your hands on a Model 3. I'm actually gonna talk more about that later on in the news segment here that we're in now. But another thought I had about this and again, none of none of the things I'm going to tell you are like Nostradamus genius level stuff. But these are just all the thoughts that I was collecting about this over the course of the week. And I certainly think there's there's really no question about the fact that this move is going to sell a lot of Teslas. There's no doubt about that because people are going to try them when they're on a trip. And we know what happens when people try Teslas. You're going to get hooked. People are going to get hooked. They're going to order one for themselves, probably in a lot of cases, while they're still on their trip. They'll be in the car. They'll be in their rental Model 3. And they'll just fall in love with the car after a day or two, pull it up on the on their phone, and just click order right from their phone. You all know this. I don't have to tell you guys this. This is just how it tends to go with Tesla. If you try it, Odds are you're going to buy it. Another thought I had about this is this should hopefully also have a downstream effect of causing more hotels of all sizes, not just big fancy hotels that tend to have uh, destination chargers now, but also smaller hotels to install more EV chargers, which again is a good thing 
for not just Tesla, but the entire EV movement. So I expect that will be a factor in this as well as as the domino effect rattles, you know, just affects other things. Uh, I will say for myself that I will 100% go rent from Hertz uh, if I can get a Model 3 on a trip that I'm on at a decent price. It won't even be a question Uh, because as like many of you, I don't like being in cars that aren't my Tesla because I love this car so much. I have so much fun with it. I feel it's so much fun. I feel safe in it. I don't want to be in anything else. I'm not saying there aren't other good cars. There aren't other fun cars. There are and there are. But if I have now have the option of getting into a Model 3 on a trip when I need to rent a car at a reasonable price, I'm going to do it. So Hertz is going to get the business of me uh, and probably a lot of other Tesla owners here as well. Will they be the cheapest rentals you can get? No, but Hertz is going to want to recoup that $42,000 per car cost. So I don't expect these to be $300 per day rentals. In fact, the Tesla owners East Bay Club called up Hertz and got the details on this. So here it is straight from them, at least based on pricing in that area, the East Bay of of the San Francisco Bay Area. So note that this could vary depending on where you live, where you're visiting, wherever you're, you know, wherever you're trying to rent from. It starts November 1st. That's tomorrow as this podcast airs. You ask for the Hertz Tesla Service Department at 1-800-654-3131. There is no mileage limit on the cars. And here's the part you've been waiting for, the daily rate. $95.32, or with all the taxes and fees, so ultimately the bottom line, $104.76, basically 105 bucks a day. A weekly rate of, I'll just give you the with taxes and fees number because the base rate really doesn't matter. The bottom line number, $481.08. So less than $500 for a week in a Tesla Model 3, which again, I feel for... For the rental car market, just within the context of renting a car, that seems pretty reasonable to me. And the Tesla Owners East Bay Club also has been told that there is a 10% discount for AAA numbers. Now, Drive Tesla Canada, who I cite often on this podcast, they do a good work of scraping together news in the Tesla community. They note this for a little bit of extra context, quote, Drive Tesla was able to find the Model 3 listed for pickup at the Orlando International Airport at a rate of $115 per day, $114.98, under the pay later option. Paying for the rental up front reduces that cost to $103.48 a day. And here's the fun context part. That is just $11.53 more per day than a Ford Focus in the small sedan category and just $8.52 more per day than a medium sedan like a Mazda 3. So again, the, the 100 bucks a day ballpark, I would be willing to pay that. I think it's probably the upper limit of what I'd be willing to pay just personally, but I, that's, that is going to get me. And that's exactly what a business is trying to do, right? Get you to pay the upper limit for a service of what, or a good of what you're willing to pay. So uh, now factoring in though, that cost per day, that rental cost would be offset somewhat 
by the gasoline savings. Either if you're driving the car a lot during the rental period and would need to fill it up, you're not gonna have to spend money on gas for that. Or if when you return the car, if uh, you know you don't have to worry about the make sure the gas tank is filled up and either by stopping at a place before you pull in, before you return the car, or by just returning it and paying the grossly inflated gasoline rate of the rental car company. So you don't have to worry about that. Now, the question is, with regard to the supercharging network, and we know these cars will have access to that, is the supercharging usage going to get billed back to you? I would expect probably, but we don't know for sure that does remain a question. Now, I think inevitably, now I'll just call it, inevitably, I'm willing to go on record for this. This is going to be followed in about five years from now by an even larger order from Hertz to say nothing, by the way, of other rental car companies for the $25,000 Tesla, the one we've been knowingly, incorrectly, but just colloquially referring to as the Model 2. The $25,000 Tesla, or I guess after inflation and material supply <laughs> increases, even if it's, okay, 30, the cheaper Tesla, the smaller compact size sedan, the smaller Tesla, that car is absolutely going to be a target for Hertz and for other rental car fleet companies because it will make even more economical sense for them than the Model 3 even does now at $42,000. Now, on that $42,000 note, Unless Elon broke the one rule that he has had since the start of the company, which is that no one gets discounts on a car, not him, not his family, not his friends, no one, then Hertz is paying full freight on these cars. And in fact, Elon did later confirm exactly that on Twitter, that he did not break that longstanding rule, saying, quote, cars sold to Hertz have no discount. Same price as to regular consumers. I, uh, I guess the, the answer to this is pretty clear, but we did just get a price increase from 42000 to 44000 Seemingly, the, the, the Hertz was able to get the $42,000 price because, again, the deal was reportedly for $4.2 billion, not $4.4 billion. Plus, you know, something like this has to take a little time to come together and thus, they announced it on Monday after the extra $2,000 price increase went into effect. But no doubt, the deal was actually signed while the price was still $42,000. And on that, kind of on that note, I had to chuckle about this. Literally, how do you physically make this order if you're Hertz? Because... You can't order more than one car in a time, uh, at a time in the design studio. And they certainly didn't have their interns go into the design studio and place 100,000 separate orders. And if you want to do this in a bulk order, good luck trying to get anyone on the phone at Tesla. I mean, I'm, I'm joking. I'm half joking, at least about the getting somebody on the phone. Certainly, in all seriousness, Hertz either had a contact higher up in the company that they placed the order with, or maybe they started the conversation by going to a store manager who puts them in touch with somebody at Tesla higher up in the chain to initiate the buy on that. 
Now, as you probably heard about, because this, again, was such a huge news story, this sent Tesla's stock soaring to a new all-time high. It reached over $1,000 per share on Monday, climbing $115.18 in a single day to close at what was then a new all-time high of $1,025 per share. If you were to adjust that pre to the pre-split level, it's $5,000 per share. And it kept going, by the way. When the week ended, the end of the day Friday, the final price here, I'm pulling it up on my phone, $1,114 is what it ended the week at. It was up basically another $37 on Friday. Again, do the pre-split math. You're over $5,500 per share at the pre-split price, which is just incredible. I mean, you think about where it started. It IPO'd back in 2011. I don't quite have that off the top of my head. At around, I want to say 17 bucks a share, something like that. And look where it is now. It really is a once in a lifetime kind of unicorn. It really is. There's, I mean, okay, I'm not, I'm not an expert in the stock market. I know there have been plenty of other companies that have had stratospheric rises, but uh, this is really just a, a, a rare beast here. It's just incredible what, what Tesla has done. And by the way, that rocket ride of the stock took the company's valuation over $1 trillion. That is a very exclusive club. They join Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, and Saudi Aramco as the only companies on the stock market here in the United States valued at over $1 trillion. Elon took to Twitter to comment on this, and he did so fairly humbly, saying, quote, strange that moved valuation, meaning the Hertz deal, as Tesla is very much a production ramp problem, not a demand problem. And you know what? Elon is not wrong about that. Uh, one final thought I have on this, because there is other Tesla news, other fun Tesla news to talk about this week. Hopefully, this, as I sort of alluded to earlier, will get rid of the dumb rental car microtransaction tradition of having to return the car with a full tank which again has been such a such a guaranteed moneymaker for rental car companies, either directly from you paying them a huge markup, as I said, as you all know, or from you giving them essentially free gas by paying for it yourself off-site before you return the car. That should hopefully put a stake in that particular policy, at least with regard to electric rental cars. So I want to say bravo to Hertz for embracing the future here. And I want to say congratulations to Tesla for landing this order. Quite frankly, they earned it. As I said earlier, any other manufacturer could have gotten this in theory. I'm not saying, you know, that it would have just been, would have gone all to Ford if they had the Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E production capacity. But any other manufacturer certainly could have gotten a piece of this had they taken EVs seriously sooner than they did. But as the old saying goes, to the victor 
go the spoils. And they uh, indeed go to Tesla in this case. Next up this week, the latest version of the Tesla app has Giga Berlin's new paint colors, yes, colors plural, hiding in its source code. Again, another tip of the cap to drive Tesla Canada who writes, hidden in the source code of the app are what are likely to be the first three new colors that will be introduced. They are deep crimson multicoat, abyss blue multicoat, and mercury silver multicoat. Now, if you're curious what these look like, I've already explained to you uh, the deep crimson. It's kind of a deep reddish purple kind of thing. It's very cool. Abyss blue seems to indicate a dark blue. And mercury silver, more of a silver silver, uh, traditional like a James Bond uh, car kind of silver, than the midnight silver metallic that you can order now on a Tesla. And about this. I have what may be an unwelcome and or unpleasant theory on this. I'm all about positivity on this podcast, but I'm also all about trying to be realistic and be authentic and speak the truth uh, and be well-researched and factual. What I'm about to say is speculation, but hear me out. I, I think I've got a decent leg to stand on here. And what I what that theory is, is that I believe that these three colors are going to replace existing red, blue, and midnight silver metallic rather than add to them. Think of it as a refresh of the paint color choices rather than an expansion of them. And my theory, which by the way, I want to be clear, I would be delighted to be wrong about this. But my theory is that Deep Crimson Multicoat is going to replace Multicoat Red. Abyss Blue Multicoat will replace the Deep Blue Metallic that we have now. And again, Mercury Silver Multicoat will replace Midnight Silver Metallic. Because I ask myself, why would you have two blues, and specifically two dark blues at that? Why would you have two reds, and why would you have two silvers? I know there are car companies out there that do have multiples of a particular color. But when you look at Tesla and you know they are in the business of simplifying production as much as possible, I just don't think Tesla is suddenly going to offer eight color choices out of their new paint shop in Berlin, with three of those eight being variants of the same color, that they, the same three colors that they're already offering. That is why I think that these are going to be replacement colors and not additional color choices. Regardless of how accurate or not my theory is, what I can definitely tell you is that I can't wait to see them on a car. I told you the story, I think not too long ago, about how a photo was sent to me by a, a, a Elon Musk company employee of Elon's personal deep crimson multi-coat Model S and that I thought it looked great. It looked really, really good on the Model S and I'm really eager to see the other two as well. Though something worth keeping in mind naturally is that if Giga Berlin and even Giga Texas, if those are going to be the only two factories where these colors are going to be available for the time being, it might probably mean that we'll only be seeing these color choices on the Model Y for a while. 
because neither of those factories, Berlin or Texas, makes the S3 or X. And the Cybertruck, which of course will be coming out of Texas, has no paint on it. So there won't be any paint choice option on the Cybertruck. So that's still really cool though. I mean, whether my theory is correct or not, three colors, whether it's a refresh or an expansion of the of the paint choices, love seeing it. It is long overdue in my humble opinion. All right. I have previously done stories on this podcast about the Model 3 being, say, the number one selling car in the UK for a month, but now the ante has been upped. The Model 3 was the number one selling new car in all of Europe for the month of September, growing 58% year over year. I saw this on jato.com, J-A-T-O, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing that, and I, it came by way of the Tesla Motors Reddit, so thank you to the Tesla Redditor that posted this. And jado.com, uh, the report reads, the Tesla Model 3 topped the European model rankings in September with 24,600 registered units, a 2.6% market share. This is both the first time that an EV has led the market and the first time that a vehicle manufactured outside of Europe has occupied the top spot. The strong performance of the Model 3 is in part explained by Tesla's intensive end-of-quarter sales push. September has historically been a strong month for the U.S. manufacturer's registration results in Europe, on average accounting for 68% of its third-quarter deliveries since 2018. Last month, registrations, meaning September, registrations accounted for 74% of third-quarter volume. Since its entry to the European market, the Model Y has also performed well, securing second position in the battery electric vehicle ranking, so not the overall ranking. Due to the success of these two top, uh, pardon me, these two models, Tesla leads the BEV market with a share of 24%, ahead of the Volkswagen Group with 22%, Stellantis with 13%, and Hyundai Kia with almost 11%. Tesla also registered more new cars than established brands, including Fiat and Nissan. So what's really fun about this to me is A, the progress that it shows, as I alluded to at the top of this story, the 58% year over year, the number one in the whole continent rather than just one country within, the, within Europe, but also B, the fact that the Model Y will soon become a lot more available in Europe once Giga Berlin does come online and Tesla can stop relying on just a handful of Model Ys being imported to Europe from Giga Shanghai each month and each quarter. This same Jado.com report on this very topic noted that, quote, 46.5% of the passenger cars registered in Europe in September were SUVs, the highest ever monthly market share for the segment. Think about that one more time. 46.5%, almost half, basically one in every two cars one in every two new cars registered in Europe last month, well, September anyway, were SUVs. And Jado.com continues by noting, despite the current crisis faced by OEMs, these vehicles continue to gain traction thanks to the arrival of EV and plug-in hybrid alternatives such as Tesla's Model Y. Felipe Munoz, global analyst at Jado Dynamics, commented, quote, 
If the trend continues, the roads of Europe could soon look similar to the US, where more than half of the new cars sold are SUVs. Thus, if you're Tesla then, everything is going according to plan. Because it turns out that Europe wants the Model Y just as badly as North America does. So they are soon going to have access to a much, much larger supply of them on their own continent, which will only be a good thing for Tesla and for EV sales. Love it. Next this week, gosh, oh wow, they're just <laughs> still a couple more stories. We're just going to keep right on rolling. Yahoo Finance reports that the National Transportation Safety Board chairwoman Jennifer Homendy has called on Tesla to change the design of its advanced driver assistance system to ensure it cannot be misused by drivers, according to a letter sent to the company CEO, Elon Musk. Quote, our crash investigations involving your company's vehicles have clearly shown that the potential for misuse requires a system design change to ensure safety, Hamandy wrote. Tesla has not responded to a request for comment from Yahoo Finance on this. The NTSB, Yahoo notes, can only make recommendations and does not have the authority to enforce existing laws or make policy. While Hamandy did thank Tesla for cooperating with NTSB investigators following various crashes and incidents that the agency has examined, she spent the bulk of the letter addressing her deep concerns on Tesla's inaction to, quote, implement critical NTSB safety recommendations, end quote. NTSB determined that Tesla's autopilot system did not effectively monitor and respond to the driver's interaction with the steering wheel to ensure driver engagement. The agency recommended Tesla establish safeguards that would limit autopilot to conditions for which they were designed and to develop ways to more, quote, effectively sense the driver's level of engagement and alert the driver when engagement is lacking while automated vehicle control systems are in use, end quote. Hamadi also noted that it sent five other automakers that have vehicles with level two driving automation systems a recommendation to apply ways to engage and alert the driver. Those five manufacturers responded to NTSB and described the action they planned to take or were taking to better monitor a driver's level of engagement, according to Hamadi's letter to Musk. Quote, Tesla is the only manufacturer that did not officially respond to us about the recommendation, she wrote. Well, while it is important to note, as to their credit, Yahoo Finance did, that the NTSB cannot enforce laws or make policy, I also think it's very important for Tesla to take this seriously. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying it's important for them to do so. This is an independent set of eyes. That is a good thing. Tesla themselves, obviously, is really close to all this stuff. And while the Tesla team is doing amazing work, I'd even argue groundbreaking work, I would be curious to know what some of these specific recommendations were that other automakers have pledged to implement that Tesla has not responded to. Now, to be fair, we don't know that Tesla isn't making that same pledge. We're just told that Tesla didn't respond to the NTSB. We can at least say that with the switch to the vision system for autopilot, if you've got the FSD beta, you know this, and if you have a brand new vision only 
Model 3 or Model Y, you also know this. Tesla is now monitoring drivers' eyes and making sure they're paying attention to the road. That is something that had not been in place before, and I would imagine that was at least one of the things that the board wanted to see. So I don't mean this to sound in any way like Tesla's out here being defiant. I don't mean to imply that. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm just saying that it is important that this stuff is carefully considered and responded to and taken seriously. So here's hoping that Tesla continues to take measures to ensure that autopilot can't be circumnavigated, can't be abused, because, you know, we've all seen the videos over the years of people, you know, putting the autopilot little cheat weights on the wheel and like laying back in the driver's seat. All that stuff is ridiculous. It's unsafe. It's dangerous. It's it's bad. It's not good. We, nobody wants to, for that to happen. Nobody wants anybody to be, nobody with a, with a clear conscience wants anybody to be doing that. So uh, let's hope there is a happy middle ground here between Tesla continuing to push the technology envelope forward on their driver assistance technology and the NTSB trying to put in guardrails and regulations to make sure that it's done so in a very safe manner. We do know that if, you know, when, when autopilot is used properly, it is a safe system. So that's, that's a good baseline to keep in mind on this. All right, a couple more things. Actually, geez, there's still, yeah, a couple more things here before I move on to your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. First, I wanted to give an update on some of the new features that are in the works. First, real-time sentry camera monitoring from your Tesla app. This is rolling out now. A Twitter user asked Elon at the beginning of the week, when are we getting the ability to view Sentry cameras from the Tesla app live? Elon tweeting at the early part of the week, very soon, and in fact, very soon became now. People already have it. It's rolling out right now. People have posted proof of it in action. And Elon responded to one of those folks, also adding, quote, you can also talk through the car speaker. Great for practical jokes. So if you see somebody on your cameras, if you're on the app looking at through your cameras, you can talk to them and it makes a really cool robotic voice. It disguises your voice, which is kind of cool. I think that's pretty fun. So yeah, uh, to use that, to, 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 to rock those practical jokes, to do those pranks, you are going to need a Tesla built after September of 2019 that thus has the pedestrian warning speaker in order to use that. Uh, so that is that is going to be, I mean, what a great addition that is. A lot of people in the community, myself included, a lot, a lot of uh, common thoughts on this. A lot of people saying, oh, well, how about the in-cabin camera being able to access that while you're through the app while you're away from the car so that you can check on your dog when it's in the car in dog mode? Uh, I tried tweeting Elon that this week. I don't know if other people have, if others have. None of us have been successful in getting a response on that. Uh, I'll keep trying, certainly, because I think that would be an awesome one to add if you could just add cabin camera to peek in on that and check on your your four-legged friend while they're in the car in dog mode. Uh, How about cloud profiles? Friend of the podcast, Kim Paquette, 
asking Elon, so we walk up to our Hertz Model 3 rental with our key card and the car is automatically configured to our driver profile and settings? Elon, as she's saying this wishfully, certainly, and Elon saying in reply, quote, that feature is coming. So he is specifically referencing their cloud profiles, which is something that has come up before. And I'm really glad to see that it's still in the works because it will be, it was already going to be a thing that would be useful in plenty of scenarios, namely multi-Tesla households, what have you. But here with this Hertz deal getting going and rolling out, you know, this, you can rent that Hertz model three right now in certain places, you know, the sooner, the better for Tesla to roll out cloud profiles. Meanwhile, no update on navigation waypoints, but I figured I'd just bring it up while we're talking about these highly requested community features. Uh, now this one theoretically went onto the software team's to-do list after the Plaid launch event. As you'll recall, the crowd, which I was a part of, kinda, I, I say this not maliciously, the crowd kinda bullied Elon into agreeing to do navigation waypoints in the car. So that is hopefully in development now. And one more very concrete update on the further rollout of the FSD beta. Elon saying on Twitter this week, quote, Note, we will slow down the upload rate of releases going forward, first from the QA fleet to employee cars for a day, then slowly releasing at about 1,000 cars per hour to the external beta on Friday afternoons. The tentative plan is 98 safety score and above starts uploading Friday afternoon next week. By that, he means Friday, November 5th. And then he continues, if we see any concerns, uploads will pause while we investigate. So it might take a few days before everyone with a 98 safety score gets beta version 10.4. And he notes that 10.4 improves left turns across fast traffic and stopping for gates, end quote. Well, at this rate, it seems like one more safety score group gets in about every two weeks. So it, you can kind of do the math in your head with where you are. If you think you'd rather just say forget it and just go back to driving like you normally do, you certainly can do that if it's going to be a while for you. Or you could also do that or you could do that later or you could do that now. You could opt out now or later, and then just opt back in like a day later to try and start over and get a higher score now that you're more familiar with what the system is looking for to get that super high safety score. So just wanted to throw that out as well. I am not done. There is one more thing I want to go over here, even though I've already been talking for over 38 minutes straight. What I wanted to do in lieu of the Hertz deal I want to go over real quick the wait times for all four Teslas because some of them are pretty nuts. The Model 3, the standard range Model 3, which of course Hertz has ordered 100,000 of over the next year, that has been pushed out to June. As I, and as I culled these uh, dates, put this together, it was still October so a seven plus month wait for a standard range plus Model 3. Interestingly, the Model 3 long range 
can be had in about one month. December is the estimated delivery. Now, I guess I'll caveat this by saying these are the dates that were shown on my computer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. It may vary a bit depending where you're located when you go on the design studio, but these are these are California numbers. December for a Model 3 long range, if you pony up a little extra cash and grab the Performance Model 3, they'll get it to you this month, November, on that. How about the Model Y? The long range Model Y, it's out to May on that. So still a six month wait on, uh, if not seven there too, really. So, uh, six, seven months on the Model Y long range. If you, again, step up to a performance Y, well, you can have that next month in December. That'll be your Christmas present to yourself. How about the Model S? Tesla's still trying to ramp production on the new Model S. If you want a long range, the 400 plus mile car, the highest range vehicle in Tesla's lineup, you have to wait till June if you place an order now for that. If you pony up for the Plaid, however, well, happy holidays to you because you can get a Plaid in December. How about the Model X? The Model X, uh, X is at the lowest trickle of production right now. That will obviously increase on the new Model X. But the I actually had to do a double take because I was like, wait, you mean like immediately? And no, it's another full pass around the calendar. The Model X long range shows September deliveries for orders placed here in October. Again, October as I record this, it's a September. It is an 11, effectively 12 month wait for a new Model X. How about the Plaid? All right, you wanna step up? You wanna be the coolest dad in town with a seven seat Plaid Model X. It is still going to be a seven, eight month wait. Those are looking like July, according to Tesla's estimates. So uh, again, the range, you're basically the, the weights range from pretty much immediately for a performance Model 3 to a year from now for a long range Model X. And as I've been talking about here over the last number of months, if you spend more money, Tesla will get you your car pretty quickly, generally speaking, other than the Plaid X, which Remember, the Plaid X technically hasn't even started production yet. So just crazy stuff going on. The demand, the part situation, the chip situation, the raw materials, all of it. What a storm. I mean, it's a it's a good problem to have for Tesla, but it is still a problem. We'll see how things go as uh, 2022 gets underway here in a few months. Hopefully the... the uh, situation on raw materials and specifically the chips will start to improve. All right, that is everything in the world of Tesla news for the week. Another busy, awesome week. And before I move on, I wanted to say once again that yes, this week Ride the Lightning is once again brought to you by the plant-based baking wizards at Wholesome Bakery. Visit them at wholesomebakery.com. I really want to say thank you to those of you that have ordered from them so far. And even some of you, I've, uh, you've been sending me notes that you've put in the notes section of your order that you, that, Hey, I, I came here via ride the lightning, which I really appreciate you doing that. 
Now, if you have not placed an order at Wholesome Bakery yet, I have got good news that might interest you. And if you've already ordered, well, maybe this will make you want to order again. This week only, just one week, the first week of November, Wholesome Bakery is offering 10% off of all orders. No coupon code, no nothing needed, just 10% off. So the question is what to get. Again, me, I love the cookie sandwiches. Two cookies with a coconut-based cream filling between them. But they've also got a big menu of other baked goods as well, like paleo-friendly fudge brownies, marzipan truffles, and more. With the holidays fast approaching, they have got a great selection of holiday favorites to choose from, like pumpkin chocolate loaves, pies, and Swiss rolls. And again, it's all plant-based, meaning nothing they offer has dairy, which is great news for me, a lactose intolerant person. Not only that, Everything on the menu is gluten-free, soy-free, and free of refined sugar, so you'll never have that crazy sugar crash. So, whether you are trying to eat cleaner by choice or by dietary restriction, whatever the case may be, Wholesome Bakery has got you covered with their delicious treats. They ship anywhere in the United States. And again, they're offering 10% off of every order this week and this week only. You gotta try these out, my friends. I promise you that you will not regret it. Check them out. Get your order in at wholesomebakery.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-S-O-M-E-B-A-K-E-R-Y.com. Woo, good stuff. That is a lot of talking. Let me take a very quick little break, and I'll come right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, the segment of the podcast where I get to hear from all of you when you call in, which you can do in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible. And uh, the other option is calling in toll-free and leaving a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. That number is one 888 989 8752. Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Uh, I will note that I expect this weekend to get done the next, what, the November edition of the monthly Patreon bonus mini episode with all of the extra calls that I'm not able to get to during the month. So with that out of the way, let me get started with Ronald. Yes, Ryan. Thanks for all you do. First time caller, short time listener, about a year. Well, I'm totally overwhelmed and amazed by all the data analysis and wonderful engineering work Tesla does, specifically car insurance numbers drive that 100%. The customer experience and service is minimal on that side. It's all about a great customer experience. That's the only measure. That means people. That means voice contact, person-to-person, and hopefully face-to-face. So Tesla needs to understand it's a non-engineering function. It's all feeling. Was I heard? Was I listened to? Did I take a step to get the problem resolved? So 
sometimes all a customer wants to do is just vent, and they can do that person to person or on the phone, not recorded, but to an actual person. That will make all the difference when the engineer backs off and puts the other folks in charge for the service centers to make it a great customer service experience. Again, thanks for all you do. I'm a Tesla stock owner. Amazed at the growth, amazed at the change they're bringing on. They've truly been blessed by God. Thanks, Ryan. Ronald, welcome to the podcast, and I could not agree with you more. It's empathy, right? That's what it is. It's empathy. If you're having an issue with your car or with your service experience or whatever it is, just getting some empathy from another human being at Tesla, whether it's an apology if necessary or a kind word or extra effort or just a, hey, I'm paying attention, that goes a long way. I mean, we've all experienced both sides of that, right? The good of of when you do get that empathy and the bad and when you don't. So I'm completely with you. Uh, I hope that Tesla does continue to make positive efforts in that department. Here's Rich from Seattle. Haven't heard from Rich lately. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Rich from Seattle again. Haven't talked to you in a long time, mainly because I haven't been driving much. But I do want to tell you, uh, Elon Musk is making me run like a gerbil in a hamster wheel, or I guess maybe a hamster in a hamster wheel. I'm right now doing a 60-mile drive to get up to 100 miles because I hear that's what you need to uh, get your safety score, which I'm at 99 right now, and I'm doing it on a Sunday when there's no one around. And uh, let's just say certain people think I'm nuts to just drive around in a great big circle here in Seattle just so I can get this silly beta. But here I am doing it. Um, They seem to keep adding criteria. I hope I can make it. Wish me luck. And um, I was also just wondering, do you have to always drive like a granny when you have the beta? Is the safety score always monitored? It's just so unclear how this thing works. Uh, Anyway, talk to you soon. Good luck. And uh, I hope the 96ers get it or 97ers get it soon. Bye. Rich, it is great to hear from you. I hope you get it soon as well. I have good news for everybody, though. Once you do get it, the safety score goes away. It completely disappears from your app menu. So we can look forward to going back to driving normally. Maybe a little safer than before. Maybe we've picked up some good habits along the way on the uh, path of the safety score. That said, the FSD beta certainly requires very attentive driving. But at least when you're not using it, you're no longer being tracked. However, somebody online posted a screen grab of an email from Tesla that says, if you mess around while using the beta, like, say, not paying attention to the road, because remember, you agree to let the in-cabin camera monitor you while you use it, that you can and will get thrown out of the beta No second warning. You get one warning email. So bear that in mind, but the good news is that no, you no longer have to worry about the safety score once you do get the beta. Let's go next to Lewis from Florida. Speaking of safety scores. Hey, Ryan, it's Lewis from Florida. I've been uh, getting about a 99 to 100 for the past week and a half on my, uh, you know, safety check that's supposed to be smart. And just yesterday, I had uh, to drive in rush hour traffic, which I don't typically do. I had three or four cars cut me off, which drove my score way down well below uh, 99. It was like a 96 or something like that. So I decided to 
decided to go on a little bit of a drive tonight and pick up 100 extra miles on the car, got me right up to a 99 again. So anybody who's concerned about getting cut off and having that ding them, uh, especially in a state like Florida where people tend to take the turn fast, so even if they take a right-hand turn fast, you get a ding. Uh, that's one way to correct it. Takes a little bit of extra effort, but well worth it if you want to get in the beta. Have a good one. I appreciate that suggestion, Lewis. Thank you. Honestly, if something out of my control happens like that, I've just been flushing that drive by doing the hold in the two scroll wheel buttons reset trick. I'm willing to own my own mistakes, but if somebody else does something dumb that's going to knock my score down, I just say forget it and flush that score. Is that cheating? Maybe, but why should some other driver's unsafe maneuver cause me to get the beta two or more weeks after I should get it, you know? That's how I'm looking at it anyway. Here's Blake from Vancouver, Canada up next, talking Model Y. Hey Ryan, Blake from Vancouver, Canada calling. I got a question about the Model Y 2.0. Do we think it's going to have a greater range over the regular Model Y long range? I understand the 46AZs have a larger density and therefore should provide a longer range. Anyways, just wondering what your thoughts. I got a second question about entertainment. We currently have a Model 3 SR Plus, and I'm just wondering what the best low-budget remote control would be to play video games. Sometimes while we're supercharging, the kids want to fire up some games in the back, but currently we only have the touchscreen option. Anyways, wondering what your thoughts are. Thanks for everything you do. Hey Blake, I'll answer the second question first. You can grab a wired Xbox 360 controller, not Xbox One, Xbox 360 controller off of Amazon for about 18 bucks. That to me is probably gonna be the best bang for your buck option in my professional opinion. Again, that's a wired controller. Or you could grab the wireless controller package from puretesla.com slash RTL, one of the kind affiliates of this podcast. So that's another option for you too. Second, regarding the Model Y 2.0, as I've been calling it, I've covered this before, but I am strongly of the opinion. In other words, it's just my educated guess, and I may very well be wrong, that Tesla will, at least for a good while, choose to put fewer 4680 cells in each Model Y in order to maintain range parity with the 2170-based Model Y because those are still gonna be getting built in Fremont and in Shanghai for a while. I do strongly believe that Tesla would rather sell five 300-mile Model Y 2.0s with the 4680s than, or with, um, with yeah, with the, the 4680s, than three 400-mile Model Y 2.0s with the 4680s for the same number of cells. By the way, please don't check my math on this. <laughs> you get my point. It's just it's just for illustrative purposes. Anyway, bookmark this call. We'll see if I'm right or wrong about that in about a year or so. Let me do one more phone call this week. It's from Peter in Vancouver. We're staying in Vancouver and talking refreshed Model S. Hi, Ryan. This is Peter, a regular listener from Vancouver. I'm one of the very lucky few who finally received my refreshed Model S. There's a lot to learn, and a lot of it's not covered at all in the manual. One thing I have found that I'm not terribly fond of is the fact that when you put the car in reverse, both side mirrors angle down at a very steep angle. My Audi A7 had a similar concept, except only the right-hand mirror went down, 
and you were able to control the angle that it went down. I really wish I could choose to have only the right hand go down and be able to choose the angle as I was able to in my Audi. Unless I'm missing something, that's not currently feasible. It'd be a very simple fix for Tesla to do a quick software update to make that option available. Your thoughts? On another note, after one week, I've gotten completely used to the yoke instead of a round steering wheel. It's all good except for the turn signals, which I find that you have to look at to make sure you press the right one. Perhaps over time, it will become a reflex reaction. The car is ridiculously fast. I've tried all four modes and a couple of Tesla enthusiasts asked if they could take some videos and photos, which they will post to Facebook soon. One last thing I'll mention, it seems that not all superchargers show whether the stalls are all occupied or not. It's a shame to have to drive to one of them only to find that all the stalls are full. I love your show. Keep up the great work, Brian. Thanks a lot. Bye. Peter, congratulations on your new Model S. I am very envious. It is an amazing car. When I was volunteering with new owner onboarding the last day of the quarter, what, a couple weeks ago now, I guess? No, that's a month ago already. Wow, how does time do that? Anyway, uh, at that night, that night, there were a handful of new Model S's, but really not very many at all yet. I am glad you got one. To your mirror comment, the Model 3 and Y can turn the down-tilting mirror functionality off when you shift into reverse. So unless there's an oversight in the new Model S UI, you should be able to turn it off. However, choosing the angle and whether you want one mirror, the other, or both to tilt down is probably not in there because it's not in the threes and the whys. And I agree that it would be an easy update for the software team to add. So hopefully they hear this because that is good constructive feedback. Enjoy that car and thank you very much for your call. That'll wrap it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week, but keep your calls coming. If you would like to be featured on the show, I would love to hear from you. I love the participation, that it's a two-way street with this podcast. I'm not the only one talking at you guys. I get calls from you as well, and we get a lot of good conversation topics, get a lot of good questions answered, etc. So I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of the segment. Refer back to those. And in the meantime, stick with me. I'll be right back with a bit more podcast to talk about uh, such as the full self-driving beta I just got right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. I honestly did not think I was going to be able to get my safety score up to 99. Once I hit 98, I was like, all right, let me just try and hold it here. And then in a, you know two weeks, three weeks, whatever it's going to be, when they start letting the 98s in, I'll get the beta. I took my daughter to school on Wednesday morning. And when I got home, I got out of the car and I thought, okay, that felt like a good, clean run. Nothing crazy happened. I don't think anything would have dinged my score. And I took out my Tesla app and it showed 99, which was a very, very pleasant surprise. So uh, I, it just kind of turned out by coincidence that I didn't have to drive the car the rest of the day. So it sat the rest of the day. And then even uh, the next day, by sheer coincidence, it I also didn't have to drive it. And then before I could drive it again on Friday afternoon, so just about just over 48 hours later, I got the notification, 
boom, software update is available. Sure enough, there it is, the full self-driving beta 10.3.1. I actually have not tried it yet as of this recording because it just came in late this afternoon. I had a lot of work to finish up on Friday night, had to finish getting this podcast ready, so I have not tried it. However, I did go out last weekend after I recorded last weekend's show with my friend Michael, uh, and here he is on the phone. Michael from Milbray called in with his first impressions of FSD, and then I'll comment a little bit. I went out for a ride with him, with him driving, and I was in the passenger seat. So let me let me go to Michael here with his first impressions as somebody who has uh, gotten the beta recently as well. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Michael from Milbray calling you from FSD. I, uh, I got my score up to 100 on Saturday night. And 48 hours later, got the email on Monday that I was getting uh, getting pushed the beta. Um, uh, I've had it for like 20 minutes now, but uh, it brought uh, the whole family to to the kids' school and back without any interventions. Um, whew, it's a bit hair raising taking those left turns. Feels a little bit close to some of those cars, but. You know, as long as you stay ready to take over, it's it's uh, it's doing it without any issues. Um, I uh, uh, a pro tip for everyone: you got to enable it in the autopilot settings uh, once you get in the car. Um, duh, but uh, I didn't think of that. Uh, as well as enabling the um, expanded view, which is which is pretty nice. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it drives cautiously, but. You know, we all did trying to get our score up anyway, so it's kind of more of the same. But, um, you know, I I, uh, I can't wait to put this thing through its paces, and I'm so excited to have finally started to get my money's worth for the uh, for the FSD upgrade because uh, it's it's pretty cool, and I and I and I can't wait to see the improvements. Um, anyway, take care. I know you'll get it soon ish i hope uh can't wait to take you for a ride in mine now take care bye michael thank you your call doubles as a bit of a pro tip for new folks like me who get the beta because honestly i don't think i would have thought to go into the settings to turn anything else on since i already have everything else with autopilot turned on so those are helpful words and yeah uh, Michael and I went out for about an hour on his version 10.2 last weekend, and I'll be honest with you, it was kind of terrifying. Uh, there was one point where we were making a, a double left turn. We were in the left lane of two lanes turning left uh, through an un, you know unmarked left turn. There were no like guidelines on the road, and the full self-driving decided to start to veer into the like kind of sharply want to veer into the car in the right left turn lane. And Michael had to take over and grab, you know, that's why you got to be super attentive. And it got pretty close to some curbs on the right edge of the road. Sometimes it did some silly stuff. But the thing I think that I take away from my first experience with this public build as a passenger, again, I'm going to take my car out with 10.3.1 tomorrow but my takeaway thus far is that it's kind of a more extreme, exaggerated version of the autopilot that we all have now, the production release of autopilot, where the things it's good at are 
amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, it just made that clean left turn and it signaled and it did, you know, it's, it's when it works, it's amazing. It's like a miracle of technology and it's the future. But when it doesn't work, it's like harrowing. It's terrifying and it's frightening. So it just feels like kind of a more extreme version of, of the autopilot sort of limitations that you have to learn as it is now with the with regular autopilot and navigate on autopilot. So I am eager to get going with it and start to learn what it's good at and what it's not good at and see how it evolves over subsequent releases. So I'm grateful to have gotten a chance to, to play with it and I will get that started tomorrow. All right. Uh, I do have an actual pro tip of the week, though, not as opposed to just the unofficial one from Michael there. This is from John in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Hey, Ryan, this is John from Parkersburg, West Virginia again. Hey, um, just ran across a something I've not heard anybody talk about, a way to delete favorites right from the screen. When your screen is up three quarters on your radio, um, you have your favorites down listed below. Just on your saved radio stations, if you press and hold, you get little X's on each one, and you can easily remove those. thought that was a nice little find, and hope everybody enjoys it, finds it useful. Have a great day. John, thank you so much for that one. So it's, it's basically, it's just like deleting apps off of an iPhone. Same kind of functionality, same methodology there. I actually didn't know that one. So I extra appreciate you calling in to share it with me and everybody else. If anyone else out there has a pro tip of the week that they'd like to share with me and the Ride the Lightning audience, please call in with it. You dial in the same way, either those two easy ways that you call in with a regular Ride the Lightning phone call for the hotline. Okay, let me mention some friends of the podcast, starting with abstractocean.com. They've got that fourth generation tempered glass screen protector. Get it. Antimicrobial coating, aluminosilicate glass, the same stuff that Corning uses for Gorilla Glass. It comes with the installation frame, making the installation very clean and easy. Lifetime guarantee on that, so check that out. Also, they've got all kinds of great lighting solutions, either upgraded lighting for the interior of the car or custom lighting. Maybe you want purple lights in there. Maybe you want blue, whatever you want to do. Check it out, abstractocean.com. Pile everything you want in your cart. Then use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, if you and or your car are going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, be sure to visit Immaculate Reflections. Book in with Jeff because he will have your car looking literally better than new. Whether you want to do paint correction, paint protection film on some or all of the car, ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the thing for the next three to five years because ceramic coating is a super wax, basically. Whatever you're looking for... Jeff is happy to work with you, and if you book in with him, make sure to mention that you are a listener of Ride the Lightning, and there will be a nice discount waiting for you. So his website is irdetailing.com. You can see examples of his work there or on Yelp or Instagram. On Yelp, he's at yelp.com slash immaculate reflections, and on Instagram, his handle is immaculate underscore reflections. How about the snap plate? No need to use the automotive adhesive tape using 
front license plate bracket that Tesla gives you with your car. Grab the snap plate instead. It is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds, but it's secure. It's paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. Basically, it won't get in the way of anything. It's a nice, clean, minimal design, blends in nicely with the Tesla front end, and it leaves no unsightly hardware behind when it's removed. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Again, that's everyamp.com slash RTL. Don't forget puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. Their kits are micro SD based, which is not going to wear out with the repeated constant reading and writing that will happen to regular USB flash memory, which is what Tesla gives you in the stick that comes with your car. So just get a kit from puretesla.com slash RTL and you'll never have to think about it again. It's $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit. They ship anywhere in the US for free. And uh, if you wanna step up, there's even a 256 gigabyte kit for 69 bucks, but honestly the 128 is probably sufficient. Comes fully formatted and ready to go, just total plug and play. And then I mentioned earlier in the hotline, they've got those that nice wireless game controller kit as well. So you can find all of that at puretesla.com slash RTL. And then of course, Jada. They've got a whole line of products. If you have a 2021 Model 3 or Model Y, grab the USB hub console. It's a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. It is good stuff for the 2021 threes and Ys that have the revised center console. If you have an older Model 3, as I do, they sell version four of their wireless charging pad, in my opinion, an indispensable accessory. I've got one in my car. Actually, I've got the version three. The version four is even nicer. So grab that so that you can wirelessly charge your phone while it's in the car. No need for any wires or anything to hook up. Check that out. Grab, uh, use the coupon code RTL. Nice and simple there. RTL is the coupon code in order to get a nice discount off of any of Jada's products. And the website to go to is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Again, please don't forget the slash R-E-F slash eight. That's my referral link. Full disclosure, they will throw a couple of bucks my way if you buy something by going through that link. So I'd appreciate it if you did. Uh, If you are not already uh, subscribing slash following this podcast, I don't know what word I was starting to say there. That was strange. I'm not sure what, that was like a combination of two words that had just really made no sense. Anyway, follow or subscribe, depending on what each podcast service calls it, this podcast. You can follow or subscribe on iTunes, which I guess now is Apple Podcasts. There's Google Podcasts. There's Stitcher. There's TuneIn and Spotify. Those two are available natively in your Tesla So you can get the show that way if you want, or you can find me on YouTube, just in audio only form. There's no video, but if you do want to listen via YouTube, you can just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You'll find my channel. You can subscribe very easily there. Uh, You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, same handle, DMC underscore Ryan on there. And that 
will about, oh, I wanted to mention real quick as I'm about to say hi to the plaid, maximum plaid and roadster in space to your backers on my Patreon. On Patreon, the patron, a cup of cheese, that is the handle he goes by, has kindly offered up one of the smaller radio controlled Hot Wheels Cybertruck toys as a giveaway for Patreon. He's on the Patreon as well. Very generous, very generous. So I think what I'm going to do is just make a post on there. Just go on the page. So it's only patrons, only people that are backing me can see it and can access it. And I think maybe if you just like the post or leave a comment, I'll figure out which when I write the post. And then I'll just randomly draw from those people that are that interact with that post and a lucky person will win that Cybertruck Hot Wheels radio controlled uh, vehicle courtesy of a cup of cheese. So that's a very nice community giving back to community. I love that. That is good stuff. Now about my Patreon, that is the primary way through which you can choose to support the podcast. Again, it's a choice. It's optional. Nothing will ever be taken away from you. The podcast will always come out for free every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But as I hope becomes clear as you listen week after week, if you do like this enough to continue to listen week after week, I do put a lot of time into this, a lot of research, a lot of energy, a lot of love and enthusiasm. And if you are willing and able to support my efforts on Patreon, I would sincerely and humbly appreciate that. There's uh, the support tiers start at just five bucks a month for, and that'll even give you early access to the podcast each week in return. You'll be able to access it when you wake up on Saturday morning because I do it late Friday night rather than having to wait till Sunday. So that's my little way of trying to give back to people that are kind enough to back me on Patreon. And then there are different tiers that go up. I mentioned earlier the monthly bonus mini episode. That is for the $10 tier, which I call the ludicrous tier, and it just goes up from there. Uh, So again, if you are willing and able, would super appreciate you taking a look at the Patreon page, maybe making a pledge. You can do that at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And so before I get out of here, let me say hello and thank you to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, and Rolf and Jennifer Evers. Thank you all very much. On the maximum plaid level, we have Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Charles Galpin, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, and Aaron Huxley. I also plan to send out calendar invites to all of the Maximum Plaid and higher tier backers 
as well as anybody that has newly joined or upgraded their pledge on the Patreon. Just anybody will get a one-time invite to the monthly group Google Hangout that we've been having a ball at. I'm going to set that up for next Sunday, either Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure which yet, but that will be either the 6th or the 7th of November. We'll get together and do our monthly shindig there. Those are always super fun. So again, that's anybody that joins gets a one-time welcome slash thank you invite. And if you're at the maximum plaid tier or higher, you get invited to that every single month. Uh, And then the plaid level crew. A huge thanks as well to the plaid tier folks, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelesny, Joshua Walker, Rick Dean, and not Elon Musk. Thank you, all of you, for your continued and very generous support here on the Patreon. Well, not here on the Patreon, but on the Patreon. Here is the podcast that everybody gets for free every single week, no matter what. All right, that wraps it up for another fun episode. There is just so much going on right now. I love it. It makes each week, I mean, it's again, it's a lot to put together each week, but then I have fun doing the show and I feel really good about the thing I've produced at the end of the week that I put out there. So I, I hope you feel the same way. I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you've made it this far, odds are pretty good that you are uh, are happy about it, happy with the show. So I hope that's the case. For a snoozing Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 326, and I'll see you back here, of course, next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.